This podcast should not be considered as medical or legal advice. If you are looking for such advice, then do contact a professional. But please find someone that has a brain and can think critically about what's going on in the world today. This is the Collective Resistance Podcast with your hosts, Leo and Fabiola. We will be discussing why we find ourselves resisting the narratives of the common collective, as well as why the common collective resists new information. Fabiola. Hey, Leo. What's happening? Well, we are back for a second interview with Robert Michael. Part two. So excited. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that we talked to him. It was just, what, uh, two episodes ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, what was the name of that episode? We called it Who Are We the People? We the People. We're talking about the Constitution. We're talking about the person. We're talking about being lost to sea. (laughs) Well, you know, something that struck me when we finished that uh, interview with Robert was that when we first came to learn about him, uh, a lot of the content that we had consumed had um, a lot of information around the Bible. Mm-hmm. And uh, something dawned on me as we were concluding that interview with him uh, a few weeks back that um, he we, we did that, I don't know, hour, hour and 15 minutes with him, mm-hmm. and, and he really didn't mention the Bible. It, it was just because we were... We were talking about some of the, the the other structures we I think he only mentioned biblical law once and uh, um, we didn't get into natural law no he talked about biblical law he talked about how we uh, uh, when we respond to requests of us like from the state then we need to respond back to them and ask them to clarify something within like three days or seven mm-hmm. days and he says that's actually biblical law oh. to, to give them that that ability to to respond back within that that time period. And so and that was when it clicked in that episode which was toward the end that we really hadn't talked about the Bible. Mm-hmm. So we want to talk about the Bible. We want to talk about the Bible. We want to go deeper into what is the role of the Bible in this whole system. How is it used? How is it misused? What are the gotchas? And it's just interesting. I was listening to an uh, interview yesterday by someone else, and they were talking about the different religions and how they are usually, if you're talking about Islam or you're talking about um, the Jewish religion or if you're talking about Hinduism or Buddhism, they are all really concentrated in specific areas of the world. I mean, you have people from this religious everywhere, but the temples and all these seem to be more concentrated in these regions, whereas uh, Christianity is just spread out everywhere. I mean, you see churches everywhere. It's uh, decentralized. Decentralized. I mean, it is still, you know, maybe it is decentralized. I don't know. I never thought of it that way. It's the crypto of religion. The crypto of religion. <laughs> so it's interesting, right? Because there's so many religions, there's so many doctrines, and that's what we want to talk about uh, about with Robert. What is it about the Bible? 
Yeah, and we had a good response from the first episode we did with him. We we shared that with a lot of our our friends, and uh, as far as the overall viewership on it, it's been one of the at least uh, in this season, it's been uh, the most uh, uh, viewed webs or uh, episode that we've done. So, uh, and Robert, I mean, any of you that had listened to that previous interview, you know, he's just quite the speaker. I mean, we didn't even have to really provide too much to that interview. And he just, you know, kind of went on and on. Uh, and, and it was very intriguing. And in fact, I even pulled little clips out and sent those to, to friends just to get their thoughts on, on little aspects. And, and uh, he really kind of blew their mind as far as, uh, uh, you know, some of the, the, the nuance that, mm-hmm. that's involved here. Um, and, you know, we'd like to do more episodes with him. And, and I think we will, but this this was definitely on the must-do list because we wanted to dive into that topic around the Bible just to give people that frame of reference. Because in the first two episodes of the season that we worked with, uh, I think we called those Lost at Sea and then Tacit Agreement and the Consent of the Governed, there, there was a little bit more of a biblical context with those, those mm-hmm. the, the, the speakers that we some, featured. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. And so hopefully we can kind of merge mm-hmm. all of that together with what we talk about with Robert. So anything else before we bring him on? I can't wait to just ask him all my burning questions. And you've done a great job. I'm, I'm excited to dive into these. I'm not sure we'll get to all of them, but mm-hmm. uh, you, you've got some really good ones there. So let's go ahead and, and bring Robert Michael from the House of Marcus uh, onto the program. Robert, how are you? Good, thank you. How are you guys? Good, good. We're thank doing you. great. Better now that we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, as we mentioned just uh, a couple minutes ago, we we wanted to dive into the Bible because we noticed that in the last episode, even though so many, so much of the content we've consumed of yours has a lot of the Bible kind of you know throughout it. That episode we did, we did not really touch on the Bible that much, if at all, and so we definitely wanted to do that here. And Fabi kind of wanted to lead it off. Do you want to do that? I have all these for you. <laughs> <laughs> You came well prepared. I came well prepared. So first of all, you know, we're Catholic. I mean, we we are not Catholic. We were raised we, Catholic. Ra- we're raised yeah. Catholics. Me You're being, recovering. Yes. <laughs> so being from Brazil, you know, I remember going to catechism school and doing my communion. And in class, I remember there was a lot of me memorizing all the prayers. But I don't remember really going into the Bible all that much. And to me, um, when I would try to read the Bible, it was this just very difficult text with all these stories that I really believe were metaphorical stories that were not really true. But it was basically, um, at one point, I thought, well, maybe this is just the way the religion Uh, wants to control the people. It's not, I mean, God is this figure that is going to punish you if you don't follow the rules. And so it kind of became a turnoff for me a little bit, where I, even if I read it and I thought I understood it, then somebody would tell me, oh, you got it all wrong. So (laughs) I gave up on the Bible forever. And then here you starting to talk about, law and natural law and the Bible and how the Bible is so important. So with all these doctrines and these different religions out there, right? We have so many. Why the Bible and why Christianity? Why is it so important? 
Well, there's a exactly, actually, you, you pretty much answered the question um, <laughs> for yourself, really. Uh, give me one sec. I just have to, um, I just have to send this out. Um, no so <laughs> you pretty much answered the question. So I grew up Catholic too. Oh, uh, you know, uh, Portuguese, Italian family, Irish, uh -huh. German on the other side, right? And they're all Catholic, went to Catholic school the whole bit. Uh, same thing. I never got it. I couldn't understand why some man was hanging on the wall bleeding and we were supposed to be like, really, you know, this was supposed to feel good to us, you right. know, and that God hates us. And, you know, yeah. you got it, you know, so, uh, but you answered your own question. You said you felt like it was like for control. That's all it was for. That's, that's why they spin the narrative so that, look, think about, a lot of people don't put themselves back in time when they think of these things. I mean, let's be logical here. 2000 years ago or more, how were they describing things? Yeah. What, what words were they using? Mm -hmm. I mean, what was going on, right? 2000 years ago, someone had to control the narrative. Yeah. Some guy came along and blew the doors off of all of the, and actually that's actually an Egyptian thing. It goes back to Egypt where, um, I think Akhenaten was the one who was, you know, uh, trying to promote monotheism as a way to, um, you know, to control everybody. And they, they booted him out, you know, they, they kicked him out and exiled him. Oh, um, wow. so yeah, so this whole thing's a setup. I mean, the Bible is talking for those out there that are spiritual and they want to damn the Bible. I mean, where do you think Atlantis comes from? The story of Noah. I mean, they're telling okay. you all these things. They're just using different words. Okay. So over time, they said, oh, well, we'll, we'll take this. We'll create the narrative. <clears throat> so you go back in time. What was the media of the time? Well, you know, the, the pen, if they even had one back then, right? However, they were describing this stuff. Um, so they took just like they do with the media today. It's no different. They just twist everything up. The okay. truth is in there. You just got to read through it, which is why okay. we use Mark 411 in our yes. in the house of Marcus. Tell right? me about because, Mark 4.11. <clears throat> Well, it tells you right there, you know, you have the secrets of the kingdom, to of the kingdom of heaven, but it's a secret. And if you don't know the secret, you're on the outside. If you're not in, right, if you're not in the know, if you're not in the spirit, then everything to you is in parables. You, you're not seeing this. You're, you're not seeing it in its uh, true sense. You're seeing it in parables. That's okay. really what Mark So I, I'm so, seeing it all in parables. <laughs> right. Yeah. So most I'm in the outside. <laughs> yeah. So most people do. Uh, you know, I'm by no means a theologian or Bible expert. Mm -hmm. I just see right through it when when I read it and when Jude interprets it, because he's been studying it for 42 years, you right. know. Um, so of course I get a lot of insight from him on the actual stories. But when we go through the stories it's clear as day, like, oh man, they're just talking about the same exact things that are going on today. And these powers like the Catholics, you know, the Pope and all that, um, they took it and they twisted it up, right? Mm -hmm. They made you fear God because fear right. is the way that you manifest what they want. So if we can teach everybody fear and then we can tell them that, oh, we're next in line to God. So you want to get through the pearly gates, you got to go through us. Okay. We'll, we'll make it a, a masculine thing. And we'll say that there's a guy in the sky with a beard. And we'll say there's a red guy down below somewhere, right? It's, it's all just garbage. <laughs> I mean, that's to keep you distracted from the actual message, which is you don't need them. <laughs> you don't need their system. You don't need Rome. You don't need commerce. You don't need money. You, mm -hmm. then all that's a, a just a, an illusion.
right? Mm -hmm. So if you read the book of Enoch and the uh, Dead Sea Scrolls and, you know, the Gnostic text, you'll start to see what's really happening. Oh, that's what's going on. Okay. I mean, Enoch to me lays it out perfectly. It's like, man, he tells you straight up. I mean, mm -hmm. Which that book is not in there, right? It's not in. No, they hand selected the books at the Nicene Council. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, think about that. You've got, you know, the largest military force on earth. And then they, uh, and they believe in many gods, right? Polytheism. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden they switch over to monotheism overnight. Okay. And Constantine goes from worshiping many gods to one. Mm -hmm. That's a little suspect. Somebody talk to Constantine. <laughs> right. That's a little suspect, <laughs> okay. you know, soon as that happens, they go and they have the Nicene council. They pull all the books out that they don't want they ordain which books should be in there mm -hmm. right and they go through that whole bit then constantine grants all the power of rome to the pope i mean it's clear what they were doing and mm -hmm. rome didn't fall as you know the whole historical that rome fell it no it didn't fall. fall it just changed its business plan oh, and it went goodness. into to another structure which is what you have today i mean you just have rome it's just all over so how is Rome going to go global, right? Well, this mm -hmm. is how they went global. This okay. is how Rome went global. It just, it just masked itself. What does the Bible teach you about the devil? Deception, 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 deception. It's a constant deception. Mm -hmm. And until you can see through the deception, then you can't really understand what the Bible's trying to tell you. The Bible mm -hmm. is the law book. They follow it. They follow it well. They're actually playing it out exactly as it's laid out when you get the revelations and all they know what's going on that's why they're scrambling because they know that ultimately the word has been given that they're not going to be able to take over this human project because that's all humanity is a project okay. and harness it for themselves so that they can become gods and harness the energy and ascend to a, a higher dimension that they don't really have a right to be in so okay. you know this is all astrological it's all you know many many um, species of, of beings. It's not just humans. There's a lot of other species involved, mm -hmm. dimensional beings, and, but we're all part of it. It's just one big show. It's one big illusion, mm -hmm. you know, and the Bible, the way I look at it is the, um, the bylaws for the earth, right? This is how okay. we're going to function. This is how we're going to run this thing. It's how we're going to trap people if they want to be trapped. Okay. So okay. we're going to allow them to make the choice we're just not going to tell them they have a choice and we're going to speak to them in, in languages other than words. And if they don't get it, well, that's not our fault. So their, their spiritual karma is clean because they're giving us notice constantly. They're telling you in your movies, they're mm -hmm. telling you in your books, they're telling you in the symbols, they're showing you every single day that this entire thing is an illusion. And as long as you guys agree to play in our sandbox, we're going to run the sandbox the way that we want. And you can try to use our system to beat us all you want, but we're masters at that. So good luck, which is why I don't agree with people that go out there and try to use the system to fight the system. It mm -hmm. doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. You know, the Bible says you got everything you need. You were granted everything. You have the Old Testament, which went up through uh, the fall of Atlantis, which was Noah. And then you got the New Testament, which is when, you know, someone that they called Jesus, someone came mm -hmm. and flipped it all on its head and said, no, 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 you know, yeah, there is one creator. 
it's the one, but it's not the one creator you guys are trying to get us to believe in. It's the one supreme creator of all that is. And yes, it flows through everything. It flows through all of us. And we are the sons and daughters of that being, whatever mm -hmm. it is. And we're all connected to the one. Mm -hmm. We're just not one. Like there's a lot of people out there. We're all one. No, we're not right. all one. <laughs> we're not all, we're one. all one. Okay. If we were all one, creation would be bored. That's why creation made us so we're not all one because it wanted to experience what it was like to fragment itself into all these different particles and beings. So yes, we're all connected by the one and we all eventually go back to that source. Mm -hmm. But it's not like we're all walking around here as one. Of course not, right? We're all different. And there's many, many uh, passages in the Bible that lay this stuff out. I'm not no, anywhere near as good as Jude is, with, mm -hmm. you know, with explaining this. I mean, he can lay it all out, but that's why our documentation does lay it all out because mm -hmm. they're telling you, how do you become free from the system, mm -hmm. right? The you, system is both illusionary and physical. Mm -hmm. And you're talking about, you brought Christ up. And so mm -hmm. the story goes, the Christian story that I grew up with was that you believe in that Christ, that you're a sinner. There's nothing you can do about it. You're born a sinner. Mm -hmm. and, you are. And then everybody you, is. Everybody is. So I, I definitely want to talk about that. And, mm -hmm. but talk about, okay, the story of Christ is that he, he's the son of God and he came to um, die for our sins and then our sins are forgiven. So that's the story yeah. I know. There's nothing you need to do just believe in Christ. So is that the real story or what is the real story from your perspective? Who was Christ? <laughs> yeah, that's the real story. Unfortunately, what they're telling you is to believe in someone else other than yourself. That's the difference. Okay. And, and what is sin? Sin is nothing more than coming in to the physical world and registering with their system and registering into that whole entire illusion and believing that that illusion is actually what you are. That's the sin. So, so you have to die to be reborn. So right? we're already dead, right? Because you're already dead. <laughs> yes. So you got that half done. I got that part, yes. Right. You got that part <laughs> done, which is great. You're already done. You're dead. Same thing with Jesus. He was dead. Uh -huh. Whoever this man was, we're not, the Bible says Jesus will use that name, but that name didn't exist back then. So mm -hmm. it wasn't Jesus, mm -hmm. right? Joshua, Joshua. Yes, Joshua, I do whatever, like whatever that name is. better. I do like Yeah, that. the dude was smart. The dude knew. Mm -hmm. and, Something and people, was up. You know, yeah, and, and he was authentic, right? And his teachings were pure and they were channeled. They were coming through. So it was, you know, just, this is how I see it. This is what's going on. You guys need to wake up. The same thing we're doing today. It's no different. It's exactly the same. Mm -hmm. Okay. But what this, what the controllers want to do is make it that you can't do what he does. Only right. he could do it. Right. Right. That's not the truth. Cause he said, you shall do greater things than I. So mm -hmm. it's everything they say about the book is usually contradicted in the book. Yes. <laughs> That's how you know that they're lying, right? <laughs> Where they're deceiving you. So this being comes and he figures it out and he says, oh, to, in order to get out of this, you have to be born again. You have to rise from the dead. What did he do? He was, well, what did they say happened, right? Whether right. this even happened or not, did he physically die? 
I don't think so mm-hmm. at all. I think mm-hmm. what he did was he said, I'm now born again into the spirit. I'm born into the spirit. There's two births, he said. There's one in the physical, coming mm-hmm. out of the water, coming mm-hmm. out of the womb mm-hmm. with the baptism and all that. And then there's one into the spirit. They didn't say you're reborn. Reborn would mean you're born a second time. Mm-hmm. He said there's two births. You're born into the spirit. That's what people are calling I'm woke today, right? I'm waking up. Oh, I've woken up. Okay. What they're really saying is I'm born again, or what, in my opinion, what people should be saying, I'm born again. I was born into the spirit. Mm-hmm. So now I can't is play that. That, that means that you see through the deceit. Well, it means that you see through the illusion of physicality. Yeah. That you don't believe in money and success and uh, degrees in college and, mm-hmm. you know, all this garbage that is put around you to make you think that that's why you come here, but you mm-hmm. don't come here for that. Do the birds come here for that? You know, <laughs> do, the, do, the, do the bees and all that, do they exchange money? Do they go get degrees? No, no they have a very natural innate way of figuring things out and teaching their young how to do it. Mm-hmm. We're no different. We're no different than the animals. Mm-hmm. We don't need money and you know, all this stuff. We just need our intelligence, which is what we're blessed with, right? That's the spirit. So you're born out of that belief system. Oh, I got to have this. I got to have that. I, you know, I can't survive. I, unless I have money, unless I'm in the economy, unless I achieve a certain level of status, which is why people are fat, sick, stressed, you Mm -hmm. know, all of that, right? Mm -hmm. That, so be born again, when you come out of that is what born again is. To so me, what we interpreted as okay. So Robert, I'm I'm my mind is actually kind of uh, spinning right now, and and so, <laughs> and which is good is good. You've got me thinking because I've had these questions since we first started consuming some of the content that you've you've had, and and so like I have friends who are uh, very. I, I actually I might even mischaracterize. I would say they're they are religious. Okay. And um, one thing that I noticed that's very different, and we've talked about this from Catholicism to, you know, what you might consider general Christianity, is that it seems like in, in Christianity, it, it's all about Jesus, right? And, and, and you have to accept Jesus as your Savior, which, which I was never really, and, and I'm sure Catholics may be saying, oh, no, that's not right. But, but I don't ever remember... Uh, uh, that being brought up that it was a requirement in Catholicism, but it seems like it's a requirement in, in general Christianity. And I could hear some of my friends listening to this now, and they're probably, you know, they're probably like, ah, but you're butchering the Christians, the Christians will hate you the most. That's how, you know, they're not pure Christian. And that's how, you know, they don't even understand Christianity because that's not what Jesus talked about. When Peter came and said, you know, Hey, Jesus, they're over there. They're not preaching like you. They're not preaching what you're preaching, you know, and Jesus said, so what, you know, if they're not against us, they're for us. doesn't matter if they preach like me. He didn't say, oh, you better go over there and tell them that they're not preaching like me. They're no good. They're not making it to heaven. Right. But all the Christians believe that if you don't do what they do in the way that they do it, then Sorry, you're, you're not out. part you're of. You're not a Christian. You're but, not part of. But do, do you the see clay. though you're that? You're not part of the clan. Yes. But do you see that that um, that requirement of of in the focal point being the acceptance of 
Jesus as your Lord and Savior as the way? Do you see that as like a one-upping of Catholicism? Like, okay, now you're you're literally pinning you you have to believe the outside of you nature, and you have to say it. You know what I mean? Here's why. You, here's why that's so important because that's what he did. Okay, when he came and perfected the the interest in God's property from the the Old Testament, which was the promise that was given to Abraham. Okay, and then Jesus came along and perfected that promise of accepting the inheritance, which is the earth and all that's on it, in it, below it, above it, you know, that's, Jesus perfected that. Mm -hmm. So when they say, oh, he's your savior, to me, I'm saying, yeah, that dude did it. So we're no longer in sin unless we are deceived into it and put into it. And so I'm thinking system, system, system. I'm not thinking about sin. Oh, I drank last night. I'm not supposed to as a Christian or, yeah. you know, I had sex before marriage. I'm not <laughs> supposed to as a Christian. Yeah. Oh, I said God's name in vain. No, that's not sin to me. Mm-hmm. Sin is, is believing in these other outside of you type of things, right? Which is what they will believe in Jesus, but you can't do it. Only he can. That's sin. You're believing in somebody else's truth. You don't have any faith. Most of these Christians and Catholics, they don't have any faith. They have no faith. They they put their faith in other things and other people and other preachers and other interpretations rather than putting their faith in themselves and say, no, I understand how this is working. You know, nobody's going to nobody's going to come to me and tell me that they're any more spiritually connected to God than I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's virtually impossible because every single being has the same connection to God, mm-hmm. right? The Pope ain't no spiritual master. Who the heck is he? He's a little <laughs> different than you and me. He's a man, right? No he was difference. chosen. <laughs> he sure was by the same pedophiles that choose everyone, right? Sure. So, you know, again, when they say Jesus saved you, yes, I see it in a different way. Meaning now that Jesus has done that, all I got to do is be reborn again and step up and tell these authorities back off. This is already done. You guys know it's done because it's in your book. So you're going to force me back into sin. No, no, no. That's a choice. And you, and my mother made the mistake of putting me into sin at birth and didn't give my father the opportunity to sign off on that. Father never signs off on the registration of birth. I did not know that. Oh my gosh. And we did that four years ago. And that's right. You didn't sign on that paper. No, you never sign anything. Oh my gosh. Never. Because the father is the one who's in charge. The father is the executor. And the father has the right to say, no, I'm not giving this property over. I'm the executor over my wife and my children. I'm the one that handles the business. So if they can get the wife or the mother to do it, Fair game. Oh, your trustee over here signed it over. The mother did. So this is all all biblical stuff. They're taking the airship. They're taking it away from you. They're putting you back into sin after Jesus already laid all this out. It's already over. So he laid it out. And Jude was talking about this in his first sermon. He was talking exactly about, you know, the, what was it? The, the uh, let's see here. He said... The Babylonian system tricks you out of your heritage by changing your name. Mm -hmm. They cut your umbilical cord. They act 
um, like taking possession. They come in the hospital, take the baby away from the mom. They do the the souls, the, the take the the prints of the souls. Um, they change the baby's name. They assign them a number. Mm-hmm. And yeah, let's talk about the number. You don't know it because you were signing off as the responsible party, the debtor. So so let's right. talk about this number. And there's there's money in this number, or so they take the baby, they they give you a tax, you know, a tax credit after you have your baby. What is what is all that about? That's all about accepting the sin, accepting the sub, uh, the government benefits. Because if you we didn't know. <laughs> Yeah, well, right, but they tell you you don't have. Do we right have to give to. it back? <laughs> yes, actually, you do. You do That's have to give the money back. Yeah, you got to give it back. You got to give the interest back and say no, I'm done with this. Or I should say, you know, give them the property back and tell them you just maintain the interest. You don't, you don't administrate the property. You just this is all property. They can't put you physically in the system. Mm-hmm. If they could, you would, we wouldn't be having this conversation because you'd be in some filing cabinet somewhere. You wouldn't be sitting here. So mm-hmm. you can't be in the system. That's a physical, it's all an illusion. So the sin is, we'll get you to sign your labor over, your land, everything you'll ever have. And you'll sign it over to us. We'll assign you a number, make you a government employee because you do get an employee benefit called social security. Mm-hmm. That's an employee benefit. Mm-hmm. Well, now Obama said that by the time I'm I'm old enough to get it, there there won't be any there. <laughs> well, they love to spin that tale, right? They because do. then you'll think, oh, it's just a stupid number. Right. But it's everything. It's oh. everything because they're trading all kinds of securities on that through, well, they're trading securities and stuff built off of that account. And you don't see any of that. They only put your money back in when you file to have your benefits, right? Whatever they might be, Medicare, Medicaid, retirement benefits, whatever. Then they put the money back in the account. But meanwhile, they're trading on making billions and billions and billions of dollars on the back end with these accounts. And just go on the treasury website. I mean, that's where I found it. I found it you right found on there. Jerks. Whole... We tried to find ours, but we were not successful. <laughs> where no, are no, not, not my number. I'm talking about actual you know, um, a PDF from one of the economists that wrote up how they trade on uh, social security. Is that um, on your member's website? I don't know if I uploaded that. I'll have to see if I downloaded it from their site. Okay. But I was just researching one day. I'm like, oh, look at this. They explain to you exactly how it's going on. But mm-hmm. nobody thinks about, you know, their social security and their, you know, certificate being anything representative of trading in the markets they don't they don't think of that so when you're reading this as a common reader you're like oh yeah well that just makes sense you know they just they invest so that the country can keep going you know it's like they don't put two and two together but again if you have the eyes to see and you know the secret you see the kingdom if not the rest is in parables so when most people read this stuff to them Oh, it's just normal stuff. It's just, they don't see it. They can't see through it. And, you know, one thing that's a little bit difficult for me is, are, are we kind of saying like the the institutions or the people who are, if you want to say, using this doctrine as a control mechanism, um, that to a certain extent, they respect those that awaken and pull themselves out or, or, or because, I mean, they... Wouldn't or they... do they 
pin them on the cross. Yeah, yeah. Whether they do or they don't respect them, you know, in their heart, they have to respect them lawfully. Okay. Because you come in as the owner. That's why we do our power of attorney declaration status the way we do. We're claiming that that property and saying, no, no, no. Here's where you guys have deceived us and taken this property from us. Fine, fair game. You know what? You got me, you know, but <laughs> now I'm back to say, no, I'm claiming this property. And, you know, they don't want you to be an heir. All these people running around doing like UCC stuff and, you know, all these other tricks. That's all well and good, but you're still a beneficiary. You're not an heir. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather be an heir because yeah. I get to be the beneficiary and the owner at the same time. You know, so that's where a lot of, uh, I think these people are going wrong. And, you know, everybody now is running for the latest pill, right? They want some quick paper that's going to get them out of trouble or, you know, get them free from the system. That does not exist. What does exist are little, you know, uh, gymnastics legally that you can do that can help you and cushion you a little better. But once it comes down to you actually having to go into a legal situation for it, especially criminal, because they will come after you criminally, mm-hmm. what are you going to do then? Because mm-hmm. you don't have a claim on the property that they're coming after criminally, right? You only did some fancy legal tricks that these guys are showing you online, you know? Right. And yes, you may have gotten your bills paid. You may have gotten your mortgage taken care of. You may have gotten that. But how much do you know? Because eventually it's going to come around and you're going to have to actually use knowledge and not hand in or take a pill. Right. right. You're actually going to have to you're heal yourself to rather than take it. Yeah, do the oral test. Medication. <laughs> yeah. Right. So that's why at the house of Marcus fellowship, we're, we're not preaching results. I don't know. Your results vary on where you are in your being in and your in your knowledge. knowledge. Well, yeah. and, that, and that, and that was a, a question you had on your sheet mm-hmm. around, you had said something in uh, the last episode that we did, which, um, it kind of, uh, I kind of put a mental marker on it and I wanted to just get clarity, but I thought, and I've listened to it a couple more times and because of what you were, you were bouncing around between, I, I, I didn't quite understand, but I thought you said that you really hadn't ever met anyone that got themselves completely out of the system. Did I, did I? Oh yeah. I've never met anyone physically. Okay. Now I've been one or two people removed and gotten some trickle down information, but I've never physically met anyone. I've met people that have had their NCIC reports, uh, you know, uh, profiles wiped out, which is your criminal profile that spent 13 years in prison and had everything zero. They can't even find their records. Okay. After 13 years in prison, can't even find that they were ever accused or ever spent time in prison. So I know people that have done a lot of different aspects of system removal. Mm-hmm. specifically using financial instruments for the most part. Mm-hmm. And I do know of people that have gotten, that have stories of the people they've talked to that have said they've gotten out and what that apparently looks like. But I've never physically met anyone that has been completely removed. Well, and, and I guess that was my, because my impression is when we were looking at, at, at kind of uh, walking down this path, it was like, okay, you have to choose to, either be in the system or you have to be out of the system. And, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking, okay, well, so once you choose to be out of the system, then you got to look everywhere where you're potentially in the system and you got to get yourself 
out of those particular tentacles. And and yeah. not that that's not true, but what you're saying is is it, just rarely, if ever, have you, could you ever find someone who's successfully been able to do that? Right. And that's because, number one, if they have been successful, their records have been wiped completely out, so you won't find any public record of it. And they've usually, from what I understand, they've had to sign NDAs, so they're not allowed to talk about it. Anymore. Really? Okay. Yeah, Somebody came to, to their house and said, sign this, and you're out. <laughs> yeah, so that's not freedom to me either, right? Because mm -hmm. now you can't even talk about what you do. Somebody's got something over your head, yeah. which is why, again, it's important for me and what I teach is to teach people to do this together. It's not about getting your individual results and having your bills paid, your car discharged, your mortgage discharged, you know, this, it's not about that. That might be a good side effect. That's great. Mm -hmm. What it's about is when enough people create and do the same steps to take the property back, stand outside the system. Then now we're cooking with gas. Now we have what's called a society. That society is a free society. Then we have records that counter their records. So now all their illusion, which is nothing more than presumption, because remember, they're never going to come out and admit any of this. You're never going to set a court precedent on it. You're never going to find it in public court records. Okay. This is all esoteric, hidden stuff, right. state secrets. So once you get to a certain level, they're not just going to step out and go, oh, you, you know, you beat us, but they will respect it and back off. And we've already done this. I mean, we did it in 2013. It's just why they came after us and arrested us because they had to stop us. Number one, the reason they were able to do that was because the guy that was heading it up, in my opinion, bless his heart, because he passed last year, mm -hmm. didn't have things in place solid enough to be able to carry through with the enormity of what he was actually doing. Mm -hmm. But what he was actually doing was being proven every step of the way because crazy things were happening. And I witnessed them because I was there with him. I was his, you know, his sidekick, so to speak, at that point. <laughs> and that's how I knew I don't have to do all these processes that people are doing. That's not the way. It's a way, but mm -hmm. it's not the way. The way is to do it the way that the book says to do it. The Bible says to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to have faith in, you know, whatever is around us, right? Mm -hmm. Which means... I don't need anybody's authority. I don't need to get the government to grace me with their authority to be free. Oh, here's a confirmation from us. Right. What's that? That's me right. asking you to, it doesn't work that way. Right? Like so, your religious exemption being approved. <laughs> right. Which is why, here's a testament to that, why churches do not need to file for exemption status to be exempt. They don't need it. 508C1A of the 26, uh, 26 USC, which is the IRS code, 508C1A says, uh, you know, the organizations in the following paragraphs must apply for 501C3 status, except paragraph uh, C, right? 501C, except paragraph C. And what does paragraph C say? Churches, they're integrated auxiliaries. Conventions and associations of churches do not have to apply for tax exempt status, but they're exempt. In other words, they don't, we don't give them authority. They already have authority mm -hmm. to do it. Mm -hmm. Why? Because it's a private organization and it's under God. They right. can't, they can't do it. And then 266033A3 
A3A, I think it's A3A triple I, which is interesting. 60, 33. Okay, that's a very, that's Jesus's number, right? 33. That's a very high, uh, high level number with the Masons and all. Right. 60, 33, A3, A3. Three, three. <laughs> Lots of threes. <laughs> right. Well, they tell you this is how they lay this stuff out. But if you read that 26 USC 6033, A, I believe again, it's A, it's either A3, C3, or A, it's A3, and you'll see it under there where it says churches, their integrated auxiliaries, conventions, and association of churches are not required to file information returns. Okay. So they're not required to apply for 501c3 status, and they're not required to file any information returns. So why are all these churches 501c3s? We get back to the Christians that are going to watch this, right? right. You're all going to satanic churches, <laughs> just, just telling you. You're all, you know, you can, you can hate me all day long, you know, and, and, and I don't care what the religion is. You can hate me all day long. But this is what God is telling you, not what your pastor is telling you, not what the government is telling you and your church is telling you. Sorry, they're wrong. Newsflash, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's a radical statement. It's, but yeah, I stand on it, you know, and I will always stand on it because of my experience and what I've look, I suggest everybody get themselves arrested, right? Or everybody go to court one time, go to a court hearing, sit in a court hearing, go, you know, get a speeding ticket and and show up in court, do something and see the show that's being put on there. Cause the whole thing is a show. Mm-hmm. And you go there and you test them and you test them by saying, I'm a man of God. What's your name? That's none of your business. My given name is Robert. Anything else? What's your last name? I don't have one. A last name belongs to a thing. There is no standard English practice or rule that says a man or woman or a, you know, uh, a natural person has a first, middle, and last name. There's only, and we can go right in the law books on my shelf here. The only name they talk about is Christian given and family name. Never in the law books that I have, which are legitimate law books in every law library, mm-hmm. say anything about first, middle, and last name. Only things have first, middle, and last name. So when you get to a court for your traffic ticket and they say, are you John Jones? No, I'm not. Sorry. That sounds like my name, possibly. Mm-hmm. Close. You know, <laughs> might even look like it. <laughs> But that's called. What if they bring the exhibits? Here you are. You just signed this document. Your tax return. It says right there. Well, they're not going to do that because the state can't get access to your tax returns, so they. Oh, can't really? Yeah, and no one's ever going to say, "Oh, the gig is up. We've got this. Is right. you? No, that, that's not me, right? Because again, if somebody were to pull out an ID, this is you. Actually, it's not me. I beg to differ. Because that's a piece of plastic and I have flesh and blood and I'm standing here. So how is that me? Or do we need a psych evaluation today? Mm-hmm. Right? Because how can you literally sit there as a sane man and tell me that that is me? It's not me. Mm-hmm. It's a picture, but it's not me. That's your identification. No, actually, it's not my identification. I'm the only one that identifies me. Can't you see? I've got dark hair. I've got right. green eyes. I'm six foot tall. That's my identification. They're always trying to identify you as a piece of property. And the minute you agree to that, 
they've got you in their jurisdiction. Mm -hmm. Again, we've done this in court so many times. Mm -hmm. You want to see that, and I'll tell you, anybody that's going to experiment with this, let me give you the, <laughs> please. the This is what they're going to do. <laughs> okay. um, sir, please have a seat. You're going to sit down. They're going to hear every case in that courtroom and then they're going to empty it so nobody else hears what's going on. Then they're going to bring you back up and test you again. Talk to members in the House of Marcus. They know they've been through it. I mean, there's not a court in this country that hasn't operated that way when somebody goes in and won't give their name, address, or birth date. Name, right? address, birthday. Right. What's so, your address? So, I mean, why don't you just walk out? Well, you can. The problem is, is they're going to keep proceeding because the defendant, the thing, didn't show up. Okay. And you, you forfeit it at that point. <laughs> Well, what you're saying to them is, I'm not going to pay this debt that mm -hmm. you're putting in front of me, right? Mm -hmm. That's why they need you to sign off on your own charges. They need you to sign off on your own sentence. Any criminal that's ever been arrested and thrown in jail knows they had to sign off on their own. They had to authorize their own sentence. Mm -hmm. you, you have to authorize You have it. to authorize. They can't do it. And I know of people that have come to me and said, dude, I'm telling you right now, my cousin knew nothing about this stuff. And they were trying to get him for five years. And at the end of the hearing, the judge said, um, you know, uh, sir, do you understand the charges against you? And he said, no, actually, I don't. I don't, I don't understand any of them. He said, well, well, sir, uh, you don't understand what you're being charged for. He said, no, I don't understand. And he kept repeating it. And that was it. He was done. They acquitted the whole thing. They couldn't throw him in jail mm -hmm. because he didn't understand. He wasn't cognizant of the contract and he didn't sign for it. Mm -hmm. So they couldn't. So put he him intuitively it. knew that and he didn't do it. No, he just was or being honest. Was I don't understand. He was just like, dude. So, I, yeah. I yeah, I don't understand. So I can go on my tax to my tax guy and say, I don't understand this tax code. <laughs> well, if you show up to any tax thing, you've already agreed that already there's some agreed. kind of agreement there, unless yeah. it's a tax court situation. But the IRS is not allowed to approach you outside of the office at all. Like, if any can IRS they come to my house and take all my possessions? That's like the no. nightmare that you hear that no. happens to people. Right, but that's a that's a false report. That's an erroneous reporting to you, okay. because it's not the IRS that comes to your house and takes all your stuff. It's the alcohol, tobacco, and firearms because the IRS is not allowed to do that. Only mm -hmm. the alcohol, tobacco, and firearms can do that, mm -hmm. which is why you always see in IRS raids ATF on their jackets because the IRS alcohol, can't tobacco, and firearms. Yeah, yeah, you that's what ATF. that means. You I did yeah, not you know, know that. that. Yeah. No, well, good that you. That's why they that. they're the ones that show up and take all your property. And the IRS came out of the Alcohol Administration back in the um, '30s when was it the '20s and '30s when they had the alcohol prohibition. That was all about the um, what do you call it the the uh, the gas companies, the cartels, okay? The gas company, the gas monopoly, because they had just come out with a motor that ran, ran on alcohol, okay? So they banned alcohol and then they went around and arrested everybody and destroyed their lives to make sure nobody put this motor out so that petroleum would, you know, mm -hmm. cash yeah. in. Mm -hmm. That's all that was from. So what they decided was, oh, this alcohol administration can't happen. That's a monopoly. You guys... So they broke them up and what was left over turned into the IRS. Oh my God. Which is based in Puerto Rico. Oh, IRS is not. It's based in Puerto Rico. 
Um, yeah, the Puerto Rican Treasury. That's when you read the IRS code and it talks about the Treasury. It's the Puerto Rican Treasury. And this is in a court case in 99. I can't remember the citing, but I could ask my guy that's researched for 30 years. There was a court case and it was either 98 or 99 where they had to bring in the Puerto Rican treasurer to, to admit, yes, that's I'm the one they're talking about in the tax code, not, not the secretary of the treasury here. Two different treasuries. Okay. Um, yeah. I do want to, though, we, we, we got a little bit off tangent there. I wanted to go back to the show, like in the courtroom, because, oh, you know, yeah. because we were talking about the Bible. And, you know, in a previous episode, we talked about how it was so interesting how they have you swear on the Bible. Right. And, and, uh, Oh, they, they don't, don't do, they don't do anymore? that anymore? No, they haven't done that in years. Oh, Every okay. movie you watch, they're like, put oh, your hand in the on movies, it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, but no, they used to, but what are they getting you to do? They're getting you to break the law. Put your hand on the Bible. You're never supposed to swear an oath, ever. Never. No oaths. Sorry, I can't do that. It's against my religious beliefs. Mm-hmm. As soon as you swear on the Bible, they got you. That's what they want, oh, right? Pulling, they don't need to do it anymore because now we're just automatically in <laughs> so why is the bible in the courtroom it's not not no anymore. it's not anymore. no more no. okay no. i thought i thought it was still yeah. in there that's okay. been long gone no nope. long, long gone. gone okay so if they we used to hold the bible up and say all rise you know right but now they're saying all rise from the dead all of you dead people with what the rook Come on, the judge is wearing black that is- yeah I mean, we had read this thing about the uh the book of the not the Book of the, Book of the Dead. Book of the Dead, yeah. From yeah, from Egypt. Right? Yeah, they're talking about the Book of the Dead. This is what they model everything off of. The Book but, of you know, the Dead. Yeah, there's people out there that would call us all kooks and let them. Mm-hmm. I don't because yeah. I've mm-hmm. experienced enough of it to know that it actually is happening. So I don't care what. It, that's why I'm so confident because I don't care what anybody says. I've seen it with my own eyes, plenty mm-hmm. of times. We've talked to ex judges who would leak stuff to us and would not allow us to, you know, get too much information. They wouldn't even look at us. You know? Yeah. You, that's a great question. Cause talk like this, you know, cause we, we have a, we have a friend, a personal friend who is a, a judge in like family court. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, um, I wanted to, I mean, we, we know them fairly well, but I, and I wanted and to go Catholic, they're Catholics. And I wanted to go to them and just, and, and br- I, I wanted to bring up the thing around, you know, like the, the, um, the prosecutor and the judge, you know, making a, a claim against your trust, you know, and, and then sharing that with the, the the defense attorney and all this stuff. And and um, I just didn't know. I don't, man, wh- are they just going to run away from that conversation or is that but usually? Well, it depends. It depends on how much they know. Like not all of them know. Right. Would they you say most of them don't know? I don't know. I, I, cause that for me to say that I'd yeah. have to actually be yeah. involved a majority of them. Right. Which right. That is true. That is true. But you've met <laughs> 3000 counties at... in the country times how many courts that's right. a lot of judges. What so, is your sense though? You think that, well, um, I think that it, it depends on what buddy clubs they're in. Right. I think it really depends on how high they are in their Masonic lodges and, you know, Knights of Columbus. Are they all Masons? Not all of them. I don't think all of them are, but mm-hmm. most of them are that I've known mm-hmm. are in some sort of secret society, okay. right? And what does secret mean? Private. They're in a private group. Private group. Um, these people have some really esoteric things that they do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if most of them, but I've known enough of them that know something. And if they don't know enough, they're going to call somebody so that somebody tells them 
what they, you know, how they should handle you. We've, we've witnessed it. I've seen it. I've also seen where, um, you know, these judges or, or even like federal prosecutors that do know about what's called the estate. You know, I actually had a friend that claimed bankruptcy who knew none of this stuff. He didn't know anything about any of this. He just came to me and was like, can you help me look at this? I don't know what's going on. When you on. say the state, you're talking about the heir, uh, the kingdom? The estate is what is is what your um, birth, what, what your labor, your birth, and, and every financial instrument that's ever been created off of that, which are probably in the thousands okay. uh, by the time you die, that's the estate. The estate is the sum of all property, right? They make you think the estate is a house with a white picket fence and you'll have a sale one day when you die, right? right? That's part of the estate. I mean, the estate includes all property, tangible, intangible, um, you know, corporeal or incorporeal is what they call it, or, you know, chattel property, all that, that's all part of an estate. So you have an estate when you're born, they rob it from you, they put it into a trust because you're not competent enough to deal with it. And clearly neither are your parents because they just signed everything over to the state. Right. So, well, we got another incompetent here who needs an attorney because they don't understand what they're doing. They just, they just gave their rights over to a new landlord, us, right? That's what a torn means. You're going to torn, you're going to give the, the property over under a new contract. You're going to enter new terms. So you have an attorney to do that. And that's the estate. And when we question that in this guy's paperwork, because he had an affidavit he was supposed to sign mm -hmm. that, you know, when you have an attorney, they draft your affidavits for you. Right. People don't realize, oh, mm -hmm. attorney gives you an affidavit. You better damn well have firsthand knowledge of the facts in that thing because you're affirming it under penalties of perjury. Right. And most people don't, oh, okay, well, no. the attorney it. it must be right. It must right? be official, yeah. I mean, when I so, did my naturalization, which I became now a slave of two different countries. <laughs> no, not really. We you, had you an attorney. slave of one and they just trade you. Oh, they just trade me. Okay. Good <laughs> so. to know. Uh, I had the attorney basically do all the paperwork and it was a lie. It was like a stack this big. Yep. I didn't read it. The estate Maybe I should from. go back and read it. Is that ba that's basically what she did? She just facil she facilitated her own exchange. Her well, her own the, yeah the uh, her own commodities exchange. Yes, because she's a commodity, fungible goods. I mean, I'm not my person. Your person is. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. So when we responded to, or when he gave me his, this was his federal attorney. Okay, not the bankruptcy. This is his federal attorney for bankruptcy. And in the affidavit, it said that he he agreed to pay any damages uh, to the estate out of this bankruptcy. Something to that. I mean, it's major paraphrase, but that was the point. Mm -hmm. And I looked at him. I said, Dave, whose estate are they talking about? This whole bankruptcy case, ain't nobody mentioned an estate. And why would you agree to pay? Who else is in this bankruptcy with you that has an estate? Mm -hmm. Why would you pay damages to, I said, go back and ask that attorney whose estate he's talking about. That's all I told him to do. Okay. He <laughs> so he did. He types his attorney, sends him an email. He's like, hey, uh, just out of curiosity, I don't know who's, whose estate is this? And they turned around and issued him a new affidavit and they took the whole thing out of there. Oh my gosh. That's yeah, they amazing. were trying to get him to authorize. And it was just out of curiosity, right? What state are we talking about? 
what estate, estate. are we talking estate. about? Yeah. Sorry, sorry. And they, they completely took it out of there because they were trying to backdoor it to get more money out of it. Mm -hmm. See, you have to authorize it constantly, mm -hmm. but you don't know that. That's what your signature is the most powerful thing you have mm -hmm. because that authorizes them to do everything. Okay, you know. now speaking of signatures, you have a question because I have a burning question. We have okay. Well, let's do a burning question. Burning question is <laughs> speaking well, of signatures. I just signatures. uploaded on the since you guys are members. I just uploaded. Actually, I got to see if Brian made the page live. The video library should be up either today or tomorrow. But it had one of the first quick bite videos is about signatures. Nice. Oh, awesome! Nice. So signatures. Like Fifteen minutes. All yeah, right. So so Jude said in his sermon. When you are a believer, since you are an heir of the kingdom. So being a believer means what? That you believe that... That you're free. You believe that well, you're free. When you're a you're... believer, since oh, you are God. an heir of the kingdom, all your debts have been paid for. The Babylonian system knows that as you are their heir, you are the heir, and all your debts have been already paid for. And he was talking about... Um, Christ being, let me see what he said here. Well, maybe Christ's pain, shedding his blood to pay all these debts. Okay. Mm -hmm. So is that what it means to be the believer? That's the, the first question. The second question is now, you know, this, okay. You know that you were not the person, but you, mm -hmm. in the situations, you don't have enough knowledge yet. Like we're still studying, and you're going to a new venture and you're signing, you're having to, well, you're having to, you don't have to do anything, but you are signing all these papers to get your, your venture going. And I was very much feeling, I was doing that last night, actually. Ah. I, I was very much feeling like I'm this imposter person. Am I not practicing then? Am I still being a sinner because I'm not practicing what I now know that I am well, not sure. this person and I'm signing this away? I mean, how do you break that cycle when you <laughs> feel like you don't know enough and you feel like you're not honoring the creator and who you truly are? How do you do that? Faith. <laughs> Faith. Yeah. Faith. Do yeah. not fill out the paperwork and forget about your venture. Well, yeah, you, well, no, you don't forget about your venture. First, you ask for guidance, right? From the creator, you ask for guidance. You say your prayers, if you will. No, not those regurgitated things in church. They're not prayers. They're right. just, you know, seances. Um, so you say your prayers, you ask, right? And then you start figuring out, how am I going to do this outside of the corporate jurisdiction? Mm -hmm. This is why churches are so important, in my opinion, mm -hmm. and private trusts, because those are two hands-off type of organizations that you can set up with, you know, in my opinion. Um, so it is hard when you don't have the knowledge, but the key mm -hmm. is, is to continue to gain the knowledge. Just, you know, ask for guidance. How do I do that? You know, mm -hmm. I mean, what's the venture? Is it an LLC? Is it a C Corp and S Corp? So, so yeah, so that's the deal. Am I going in, the, in this venture with this company as an employee or will I go as an LLC? And I think you even answered my question. So you go as a POA. And then I saw that and, I, and I'm like, Oh God, okay. I need to study. But 
I might not have enough time. I mean, they're giving me time to like tell them which way I want to go. But then I'm like, oh, my gosh, how much paperwork is that? How much is that going to cost? <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't be a POA. That's Being a the imposter seems easier right now. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's the thing. Like Again, people are really in a rock and a hard place right now mm -hmm. because they don't know which way to go. You, you know, you're not alone in that situation using LLCs and stuff, you're just using an alter ego, right? You know, because if you don't have four or five members of the LLC, it's just an alter ego for you. Mm -hmm. So you're going to take all the liability anyway, unlike all these attorneys, what they'll tell you and mm -hmm. the accountants. Oh, no, you yeah, the tax LLC. guy said you want to go oh, yeah. your W2 because they're going to tax the heck out of you if you go LLC. Yeah, and I mean, if you really want to be a corporation, you should probably, in my opinion, be an S-corp. At least you won't get double taxed, you know, and mm -hmm. you don't get taxed unless you spend the money, unless the money goes into your personal account. Well, so, so what do I have money bags under my, my bed or how? How's no, that? it just doesn't go in. You don't take the money stays, goes to fund the business with the, constantly. with the corporation. It's part of the, of that, the corporation. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. If it, so you're getting money into an S corp, let's say even an LLC, um, but the S corp is better because you don't get double tax. You only get taxed when you take the money out as a shareholder, unless you're an employee of that company. If you sign on as an employee of your own company, now you're getting taxed as an employee and when oh, you take profit out geez. as a shareholder. Okay, okay. Yeah, but you don't have to take the money out as a shareholder. You can leave that money sit in there. Mm -hmm. But maybe if I want to spend it to buy food for my children, does that... <laughs> well, maybe you have a trust and maybe the trust is private and has a private agreement mm -hmm. with the S-Corp. And maybe mm -hmm. that trust has a management agreement says, well, I'm going to provide you management services and I'm going to charge you X amount of dollars for management. Now mm -hmm. the money goes into the trust. And maybe that trust has an obligation to another trust where you're the beneficiary and you get a distribution on that. Mm -hmm. So I go saying. LLC to buy myself time until I set up my... I would do S-Corp. I wouldn't do an S-Corp. Okay, yeah. S-Corp. Is that easy? You do you know how to... Tax? I mean, I, I'm, I'm familiar with it, you know. <laughs> Look, and, and the accounts go, oh, no, you don't want to do that. You want limited liability. Well, right. how am I going to have limited liability if I'm the only one in it? <laughs> <laughs> right. This is the this is the ignorance of these guys that are, you know, that people go to for such great advice. Mm -hmm. That doesn't even add up legally. Mm -hmm. You know, any good corporate attorney will tell you doesn't matter if you've got that. It's an alter ego. It's just mm -hmm. you. You're going to take all the life when you get a loan. You're going to be the surety for it. They're coming after you. They're not coming after the fake company. Oh, okay. hey, I, I have one that we can kind of yeah, conclude on. Yeah, um, and, and we're talking about going into the private, you know, getting out of the public and mm -hmm. um, using biblical principles to get out of well, if, if I have Babylonian a, system, if I have a group of people that you know, we all come to a an agreement, you know, a, a contract with one another, a private contract, and um, you know, without going into the details on what the purpose of that group is, because obviously it's private, right? So, so uh, um, if do you get into problems if if individuals then that are in that group become in discontent and then they want to go to the state and then say, well, yeah, they are doing all these things that that they won't admit to, but I was part of that group and I'll admit to it. Is that a is that a, a I don't know why that always just keeps coming to mind for me. So yeah, one. Okay, so let's look at how that has to play out legally. If they go to the state and say, I'm, uh, you know, these guys are doing something illegal, right? 
then that's going to be the state suing you, right? They're right. going to come after you as almost like a criminal type of charge. Right. So first off, this guy's going to have to prove anything, right? right. So the way that I would do that, uh, set that organization up is number one, there should be an arbitration agreement, a binding arbitration agreement in those contracts between you and your other partners, right. period, right? Because if anything comes up and he's disgruntled and it goes to court and he's saying, I'm suing you, the judge is going to say, well, there's buying, all you have to do is go, no, there's binding arbitration here. and We want to go through arbitration. And he, he didn't go through that. Oh, well, the judge is going to say, get the hell out of my courtroom, go through that arbitration, come back to me with the award and I'll enforce that. Okay. The judge can't do anything from that point forward. He's done. He has no, no dog in the fight. If the state's coming after you for something, you know, that's illegal, that's private contract between us and what we're doing here and nobody's harmed or injured. Right. Now, if this guy's trying to, you know, prove an injury, then he's going to have to be the plaintiff, not the state. But the, there's no more will you find a criminal plaintiff, you know, and it's not even a plaintiff. Actually, that's a petitioner. You'll always find a plaintiff on the court paperwork. What I'm getting at is it's the state coming after you civilly making it look criminal. Okay, I see. So there's see. a way to handle that in my opinion, how I would do it. I don't want to sell the farm. Right, right, but right. That's what you'd be looking at. And you'd be looking at, okay, how do I respond to this? Which again, is what we're getting ready to, you know, really teach people in the house of markets. Like you, first, you've got to take care of your person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then you have to give equitable notice, privately, confidential, state secrets type stuff. You know, mm -hmm. there's a way to handle that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. From my opinion, in my experience that no attorney is going to be able to do because they just think it's all poo poo garbage yeah. you know? <laughs> until they're until the judge is telling them, I don't give a shit what you say. Don't say a word. You don't have any say here, you know, and then the attorney's like, I don't understand. You know, they just, I don't get it. What's going on here? Yeah. You know, judge, we just had lunch. You know, it's like, he doesn't understand why the judge is now throwing him under the bus because he has no knowledge of law or equity. He's just got, you know, contract statute. This is just what we do type of knowledge. So yeah, it's, it's possible to protect yourself in that situation is the long and short of it. That's great. But that's how I would see the only scenarios that could play out, in my opinion, would be those two. Either he's going to try to sue you civilly, or he's going to go to the state and rat, try to rat you out for something, he or she. Mm -hmm. And as long as you've got your stuff in order, you've got defenses. Gotcha. You know? Gotcha. No, that's great. Have your stuff in order. And private contract is king because Article 1, Section 10 of their constitution says that the state cannot impair that obligation. Mm -hmm. You know, so they can't get in the way of it, which is why the arbitration clauses are really important. Mm -hmm. That's it's kind of like, yeah, arbitration on a credit card, you know, yeah. you know, credit cards coming out, they're going to sue me. Well, I'm going to invoke arbitration here. And mm -hmm. then they usually drop everything because <laughs> I've heard that it's not yeah. the bank that's doing you. It's a third party debt collector that has no dog in the fight. And there's an arbitration clause. So mm -hmm. you raise the arbitration issue. You know? so, so it's good. You know, when in Rome, do yeah. us the Roman. <laughs> yeah. Okay, when so in Rome, do us the Put yourself an arbitration clause in there, you know? <laughs> so no. to wrap up our, our Bible conversation, you were talking about humanity being this, this project. I think you used the word project. And you're yeah. also talking about a free society. So to wrap it up, what is the image you get of what this free society looks like? 
Well, in my opinion, man was always supposed to be free. It's just that these other beings came in and, and tainted it with knowledge they weren't supposed to have, right? If you read Enoch, it tells you that, right? The angels came down and they gave you uh, the knowledge of money. They taught you how to beautify yourself. They taught you how to create weapons, how to fight each other. This wasn't supposed to happen. Humans mm -hmm. weren't supposed to have that, right? Mm -hmm. But they did anyway. And that's why they wiped out humanity through Atlantis. Nope, start over, you know? And then God said, well, we're not going to go that way again. Mm -hmm. which is why we're not all going to be wiped out. We're not going to go that way again, mm -hmm. but we are not going to let you guys take over anymore. There will come a time when that, where, that I have anointed, whoever the I am is, mm -hmm. that this will grow into what we have planned for it, which is a free society. You're here, you're, you come here to experience what this physical reality really holds and you can perform miracles. And so to establish a free society, in my opinion, is to go in that direction. That's the direction we're going in. Now, if you look in history, there's an enlightenment period. When was the enlightenment period? That was when, you know, in the 1700s, when they wrote the constitution and the declaration of independence. And, right. you know, all these people back then were talking about these things. It's no different. They were talking about the same stuff then as we're talking about now. Mm -hmm. And that's why they did some powerful stuff. It wasn't time yet though, all right? So here we are 250 years later or whatever the case is, you know, yeah, 300, almost 300 years later, right? Mm -hmm. And we're coming back around to that. So to me, we've made great progress oh, because, awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've been slaves for 5,000 years. So to make that 200 and some year leap and we're back to, oh yeah, duh, we had, like we're catching up it's pretty huge. fast. Uh -huh. So- they, during the age of enlightenment, they were trying to create a free society and they were modeling it off of William Penn's Pennsylvania because it was the only free society out of all the colonies and it was the most prosperous out of all of them. Okay. There were people that walked around naked all the time really? in the streets, <laughs> in Philadelphia. It wasn't a thing. That's why it's the city of brotherly love. Like they got it. This is, this is what freedom means. Mm -hmm. And when England would come over to do business with Penn's you know, uh, government, they would be frustrated, pissed off, reporting back, this place is a mess. You know, it looks like people, looks like they haven't even been here in three months or whatever, because they just, nope, everything's running just fine. We're good. Everybody's happy. And so they wanted to destroy that. And that came out of William Penn being thrown in jail, which right. he really wasn't even at in Pennsylvania much. You know, I, mm -hmm. I don't think he ever, I don't even know if he ever really visited it. I don't know, but um, that was the first free society that they modeled the United States of America off of. Mm -hmm. It was his free society. You don't hear much about that. They no, even I never them. heard of it. <laughs> right. And there was also uh, an ordinance in, in Philadelphia where no building was supposed to be built taller than Penn, uh, William Penn's statue on top of City Hall. If you know anybody that lives in Philadelphia and has grown up there, they will tell you that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They weren't allowed to build any buildings taller, no skyscrapers, no nothing. And it wasn't until it 1982, somewhere in 82 to 84, somewhere in there, that they built Liberty One. Right. Well, how did they pass that through? Oh, I found it interesting in my research, awfully coincidental. Um, even though I personally don't believe in coincidence. <laughs> um, it was very interesting that they that they said they couldn't build taller than William Penn uh, due to a gentleman's agreement. 
that to me, when I hear that word, that means a trust. Okay. Because it's a very honorable agreement that can't be broken. However, you know, they uh, had all these meetings and of course, you know, with the city and all that, and they fought it and they fought it and fought it and fought it. And, um, and it was finally approved on such and such date, right? So I was like, oh, that's interesting. Let me jump over to William Penn's biography. Let me see what's going on with him. Totally different website, totally different story, right? (laughs) William Penn was made an honorary US citizen on such and such a date in 1980, whatever. When I went back and looked at when the building was approved, I was like, there's your answer. The building was approved after he was made. It was either after or right before he was made a U.S. citizen. Yeah, just yeah. Of of all the the dates, it just just happened to line up there <laughs> at the same time. Why are you making a two hundred and some year dead man a citizen of the United States? Can you do that? Well, apparently they did. Apparently, you can. In the world of legal fiction, you can do anything because it's all Shakespeare, smoke uh-huh. and mirrors. Uh-huh. That's wow. how they do this stuff. And then bam, they built buildings. Now there's plenty of buildings taller than Penn's. How they got around the trust. Same thing with Prince. Prince was a genius. Prince, said, the musician? Prince, the musician. Oh my gosh. Said, yeah, I mean, that guy was, you know, he, he knew what was going on. He's like, no, 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 you're not going to lock me into these contracts. You know, the music business, the music company says, okay, well, we own you. Doesn't matter. We own your name. We own everything and you owe us so much money and records and all this stuff under this. You can't make music again unless you pay us. And he went, oh, yeah, watch me change my name to a sign. I'll make all the music oh, I want on this. That's sign. interesting. Yeah, he did he, the symbol and he got so much. They made fun of him so much for that. Yep. And he was a genius. He was a genius. He knew what was going on. And he, and, he used, and, he, and he used to wear, he used to have the, it said slave and all that. Remember he had yeah, all, yeah, exactly. yeah. And then right. what happened to him? Well, well they, they nixed him off. They happened, they happened to him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they happened to him. But, but on a good note, you, he you was free of sin, but, but you were saying where you see this, right. this going. So now you see the parables mm-hmm. that people see by calling Prince a crazy man and mm-hmm. calling us crazy, right? That's mm-hmm. the parable. Yeah. But the truth, the keys to the kingdom is right there in front of you. Mm-hmm. So. It's right there. The kingdom is all around you. Yeah. Kingdom well, is all around you if you can if you have eyes to see and ears mm-hmm. to hear. Mm-hmm. You know, it's there. You just have to really, really under you gotta start. And like you were saying, what do I do? Where do I go? How do I, you know, yeah. you have to really start seeing where the lines start and stop to be able to navigate it. You know, mm-hmm. it's no different than having a ship going through the night, you can't see unless there's a lighthouse somewhere. So you want to start seeing where the lighthouses are and all this stuff. And, mm-hmm. and it takes time. I mean, there's no easy switch. You hey, know, we, we, just, be... we, we just found out the Bible's not in the courtroom anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there may be, look, there's a lot of good game talkers on the internet. They've got all kinds of great paperwork with tons of legal stuff that they can throw out and make themselves look amazing. Mm-hmm. But when it comes down to it, you're the one that's got to go answer to it, not yeah, them. That is so, very true. And the house right. of Marcus is a lighthouse. It's <laughs> yes, a lighthouse. We're yeah. trying to be. <laughs> yes. You were we're doing great. You're not be. trying. You were doing it. Do you want to, you, we, we, mentioned, right. we talked about the webinar. Did you want to mention that? 
the, well, the, yeah, the web, well, the webinar is for members. Oh, only, it's a member so, one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So if you're a member, we're going to go through, um, you so know, go this, be a member, go be a member. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, you should. We're going to be there. That's right. And this is why we, why we do it in secret. Like they do. It's not secret. It's private. All these people are saying secret society, secret, right? Again, look at what they do. They twist everything around the opposite Okay, they twist it around. They want you to think the opposite of what mm -hmm. it actually is. So if we teach everybody secret societies and they're bad, they're not going to form them. Perfect. That's what we want. Mm -hmm. They're not secret societies. They're private. Right. Mm -hmm. It's just right. another word for private. That's all secret is. It's mm -hmm. private. So, yes, we have a private organization and only members can get in and it's anybody can become a member as long as they, you know, have the, the integrity and follow the, the agreement that's yeah. in place. Right. Mm -hmm. You got to have integrity. We don't fight government. Mm -hmm. We don't try to take them out and lean them and, you know, sue them and all. We're not saying that if they harm you or injury, injure you that you shouldn't. What we're saying is we don't go throwing the stones we just defend ourselves if st stones are thrown at us. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. You know? We don't jump the neighbor's fence and go over there and start yelling at him about what he can and can't do in his yard. Right. But if he does that to us, then we go, oh, now we got a problem, right? Yeah. So that's the integrity and stuff that the House of Marcus is trying to get people to understand that you'll get much further that way, yeah. much further mm -hmm. than fighting. You really will. Because fighting is what they teach you to do mm -hmm. so that they can stay in power. Because the more you fight, the more authority they have. That's just the name of the game. Mm -hmm. We've yeah. not been without war on this planet ever. Yeah. That should tell you something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we get right? it. That's how they keep it going. Well, thank you so much. We will let you get on with the rest of your your uh, start of the weekend. But thank you so much for for jumping on with us. It's been enlightening, and we're excited to engage in the uh, the membership and uh, continue to learn here. Good, good. I'm. We're excited to have you, and I'm very thankful you guys have had me on. So I we're thankful it. I for hope, you. <laughs> I hope me, more and more people get the message, and you know, can really start opening their eyes that this is way deeper than just a pandemic. It's way deeper than just taxes and you know mortgages and all. Like it is, it is a literal unseen cage. And unless we stop buying into what's going on out there and really start looking at some research, yeah. I mean, we have the tools, we have the technology, they've given it all to us. Mm -hmm. You know, you can go right online and start researching all kinds of law. The problem is people don't understand what is actually law and what is policy. Mm -hmm. You know, where, where do I fit into all that? That's what people know. So that's what we're helping people do at the House of Marcus. So amazing. You know, come on by. Thank Excellent. you so much. Thank you so much, Robert. We'll let you, you go. go. You're welcome. Thank you guys. I love you both. Love and, uh, you. Let's do it again soon. Say hi to Jude for us. Yes. We will. All right. Bye. I will. <laughs> See you guys. All right. Well, man, another fantastic discussion with Robert Michael. What'd you think, Fabi? Oh, he was amazing. He was amazing. I don't think we didn't get through all your questions. We did. We talked oh, did about we? everything. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, that's talked good. about everything well, and more. I'll be honest with you. I was a little bit... Uh, he, he, he kind of blew my mind at the, at the beginning. And okay. I was kind of like trying to reel in my thoughts and because some of the questions I had mm -hmm. weren't even applicable anymore because, you know, he kind of 
shifted my whole point of reference mm-hmm. for how we were going to uh, look at this. And I can only, I can only imagine you hearing, you know, some of uh, our Christian friends that may be listening and whatnot. And I, and I think if anything, you know, we're not telling anybody what to believe mm-hmm. here. We're, we're presenting ideas and um, I know that's controversial to a lot of people. We're discussing, We're discussing ideas. There's nothing off topic here at the collective resistance. Some of those ideas will be harder for people to hear than others. Mm-hmm. And and uh, um, but again, we're we, we're just going by what is resonating, mm-hmm. you know, and and where we're finding brotherhood, you know, with, with people who are trying to create the world that we want. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Robert Michael is certainly somebody who's shown up for us. Yes. And we want to uh, continue the conversation on the Telegram channel. That's right. Channel. So go to Telegram at the Collective Resistance Podcast and uh, join in the conversation there. And um, we'll have this interview also posted on Rumble. Yeah, I'll put the video up on Rumble as well, which uh, if you didn't catch last week's episode, we had Peggy Hall, and we've got her video up there as well, which uh, was a short interview, but it was uh, very informative. We're going to have part two of the interview very soon. Excellent. All right. Well, let me just see here. What do you want to tell everybody, Fabi? Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us, and stay healthy, stay safe, and stay curious. All right.